intellectual stimulation by way of mobile devices. Welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. And here is your host of the show, Efren Guzman. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another exciting episode of the Atomic Podcast. Coming to you live from Twin Lakes, Wisconsin, where we blow up the news on a verbal scale. I am your host, Efren Guzman. And my guest today, he is the main man. He's Isaac, the dude. What's going on, Isaac? Hey, thanks for having me, Efren. It's good to be here, man. <laughs> man, tell the people about yourself, man. Let, let the people know who Isaac the Dude is. Oh, a lot of people probably don't know me. I've only been doing this for four months, but um, I'm Isaac the Dude. I have a movie channel. Um, some people say I'm like the fast food of punditry because I post so much stuff so quick and periodically. I'm like already at 200 videos, but uh, essentially what I do is I, I go to movie screenings because uh, I live in the San Diego area and I travel to Los Angeles on occasions to do some screenings through a website called usaaudience.com. You can go there yourself if you're in the Los Angeles area to see movies six months or more before they come out. And um, basically what I do is I talk about the movies in like three minutes or four minutes or less. And uh, something caught on when I saw like a Power Ranger uh, reaction, well, Power Ranger footage, uh, compliments of, you know, whoever was working in for the uh, marketing PR for Lionsgate. But um, that basically went viral, I believe, on Reddit. And um, a month later, I see Suicide Squad, and then my review for that goes viral. And now I basically got a healthy YouTube channel, and I was able to quit my insurance agency job after being there for five years because of uh, ad revenue I received uh, from basically, you know, YouTube. It was unbelievable how much I've acquired in so little time, and it's fun. <laughs> I love movies. Back oh. in the future is probably one of my favorites ever. Yeah, I'm saying, but um, like it's crazy how you said you quit your job at five years, and you know you're a movie fanatic. Um, is it is this something you watch as a kid, or just something you know it just caught on at an early age, at a young, at an older age, I should say? Oh no, no, absolutely. It started at a at a young age. Um, I remember watching James Cameron's Terminator Two in <laughs> 1994. I probably shouldn't have been watching it, but my brother was watching that movie back in the day, and then from there it, it stemmed to. Uh, like dramatic movies like uh, I grew up on um, movies by like the Hughes Brothers I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, they did yeah. movies like Dead Presidents yes oh yeah uh, Minister to Society yeah. so um, it was those movies for me and boy um, what else Kid, uh, House Party 1 and 2 that basically solidified me wanting to actually like get into movies if not acting but just learn about film and I think Robert Zemeckis as a director with Back to the Future solidified my whole nerddom of basically wanting to actually, you know, talk about movies because I could never get enough of Back to the Future's trilogy, especially uh, last year when it was actually 2015 because I'm a nerd. But <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's always it, it's always been something in me. And um, after I started watching, um, you know, AMC Movie Talk back in the day, I was like, oh, okay, if these average Joes can do it, you know, maybe I can. And you know, two years later, I finally bite the bullet went on YouTube when I was working in the insurance uh, industry, and, uh, yeah, now I'm here. <laughs> so who, did anybody pretty much motivate you to do that? Like, did you have, like, friends say, you know what, you you know, you should do this, Isaac, you should do this, or is this something you took the initiative on your own to do? Oh, yeah, my friend Lauren Snyder says, like, I should do it. She says I'm so funny and I got charisma. Mm -hmm. uh, my buddy 
back. He always said, um, you know, I, I should do it. Um, my teacher, when I was actually doing radio and TV production at Delta College, um, William Story, shout out to him, uh, he always said, like, I had a voice for it. Yeah. And he said people would listen. And I was like, yeah, you just saying that. You probably get paid to do that. And, you know, that's probably uh, like the Mr. Feeney for me, <laughs> basically. It was like the guy in the back of my head telling me, like, you know, you should probably do this. So I eventually did it. And, uh, yeah, I should probably be thanking him for it because I don't think if it was uh, for William Story, I'd probably be even thinking that I can actually achieve, you know, this kind of momentum, especially in such a short period of time. It's still kind of unbelievable. Yeah, it's kind of funny you, you mentioned AMC Movie Talk because that's a little influence for me why, I, you know, I also got into it. You know, I had a friend who motivated me to do a podcast. He does it with me, but he's in New York right now, so we do it together from time to time. But, you know, it's kind of funny because, like, I always had that passion in my heart as well that I knew I was meant to, you know, not being an actor or anything like that, but some form of entertainment to be a part of it. And, you know, I was always, like, a movie fanatic, you know, schooling people on movies. Like, you know, they always say, oh, Ephraim got useless information. He knows all this junk, you know. And I was always the person who knew actors' names. I always watched the directed commentary on movies. And, you know, I, I sort of was drawn into that, sort of drawn into the entertainment field. Was you a person that watched DVDs, who watched the commentary as well, watched the special features? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, for me, it was uh, Robert Zemeckis. Um, the first commentary I actually watched was uh, his movie, The Frighteners. Yeah. Oh, wow, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. With it, um, yeah, with Michael J. Fox, Fox and um, um, Gary Busey's son. Uh, <laughs> I can't remember his name. Jake Busey, right? Jake it, Busey. Yeah, yeah Jake Busey. Um, that movie terrified me as a kid. Yeah, I think Chai McBride plays in it as well. Yeah, he did. And yeah. I remember his commentary because... Um, the whole making of the, uh, the movie, uh, Michael J. Fox talks about, uh, you know, working with the animatronics. And at this time, green screen technology wasn't really, you know, prevalent. So that kind of intrigued me of how, like, they would do the special effects and how he would basically do a lot of scenes and nobody was there. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely something that stuck with me. Um, midway through when I was uh, going to college, uh, I started getting into Quentin Tarantino's uh, movies and his commentaries. Yeah. Um, especially with uh, my favorite movie, uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah. You know, a lot of people like Reservoir Dogs, too, but Pulp is mine. Yeah. But uh, what about you? Like, what, uh, what commentaries uh, basically, you know, caught your attention, especially growing up? Yeah. Well, um, I don't remember, like, early on, but I remember, I think, I'm watching, I think, Masters of the Universe with Gary Goodard doing commentary on that, and I remember the first Resident Evil where it was Michelle Rodriguez, um and Milo Jovovich, and they were just all hanging out, just talking, while, while you know, they were just talking about their experience in the film, and just seeing the, you know, the, the, you know, the two ladies just chilling, laid back, and just talking about the making of the film, and just having fun on it was really cool, and, um, damn, if I can go back and remember, I, I believe, uh, Star Wars had a commentary too, um, but it was, it wasn't like they were watching a movie, but it was just like, snippets of, like, I'm Carrie Fisher talking about the role and George Lucas coming on, but they weren't actually watching a movie. But it was is a, is a commentary track on it. But um, there's a lot of commentaries, man. Like I think I stopped listening to it now since kids and all is kind of hard hearing commentary now. But um, it's 
you know, the commentary thing, it's it's really cool because you get the insight. And especially for myself, it's just, you know, when I watch it, it's like I want to know about it. I want to know the whole process of it and deleted scenes and, and hearing the commentary on deleted scenes, man. Like you said, you know, I don't like to say nerd. I'm geek chic that way, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I feel you, man. But uh, absolutely, and um, if I have recommendations for you, if you ever get around to it, check out the commentary on Back to the Future. Uh, uh, initially, Eric Stoltz was supposed to play Marty McFly. Yeah. It's crazy how they basically, uh, you know, had to let him go midway through and replace him with Marty, Marty McFly or Michael J. Fox. Yeah, And uh, it's like solidified the role now. But yeah, check that one out. And um, also, uh, since you're a, you know, a fan of AMC Movie Talk now, you know, Collider movie talk. Yeah. Uh, Josh Schnepp has a, uh, you know, the documentary, Death of a uh, Oh, yeah. What Happened. Yeah, I caught that on uh, Showtime. Yeah, really that commentary is crazy. Like, that one dude, he was like, I'm from the streets. The guy <laughs> who literally created all that. It was just ridiculous watching him. Oh, it's funny though there's so much information so much movies and commentaries out there that you know it's like so much to absorb so there's so many so many little day you know so many little hours in the day to catch up on all that but you know but i'm going back to you man um how many um reviews have you done on youtube now there's you said you have like over 200 um most of it is uh like a movie uh news as well as scoop um, as far as reviews go i have about 63 as of now okay uh, the plan is to basically put out a hundred. I'm also doing this challenge, typically uh, five movies a month on the challenge of uh, the AFI, mm-hmm. the um, 100 movie challenge, the best movies uh, in the last hundred years. Yeah, I'm doing that. Um, oh. I just I ended at um, as far as the movie go. I believe the last one I saw was um, Do the Right Thing, which is like 96 or 97. Wow, oh, a classic. Yeah. It's definitely well, I'm, I'm watching a lot of movies, man. I can't wait till I get to the 60s because then I get to watch the uh, Seven Samurai. Oh. <laughs> I was looking forward to that. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so crazy. So many, man, how, how, like, what time frame you give yourself to finish all this? Well, I'm an insomniac, so pretty much at night because I'm currently, uh, you know, partially raising my nieces and nephews. My brother, he, uh, he uh, he's in a hospital, so he's currently doing rehab and I have the little ones, so typically oh, okay. I, I take care of them during the day, and I drink my coffee, go to bed around 2 o'clock, gives me enough time basically to have a seven-hour sleep, and then I do it again when they go to school, watch my movie screening, and then sometimes get some help from the lovely neighbor <laughs> so I can actually do my LA outings, which is Wednesdays and Fridays. So I follow a tight schedule basically, but oh. I managed it out. I'm really good at planning things. Yeah. <laughs> You know, how is the L.A. lifestyle? Like, I hear a lot of people, especially talking to a lot of, like, different actors and stuff, talking about L.A. and, you know, people complain about the traffic. And, you know, uh-huh. how, is, how is the traffic? Is it that bad? Well, before we get to the traffic, I, I just want you to know that the smell is really, really bad. But once you get past the smell, um, <laughs> the traffic is a nightmare. Um, absolutely. It's, um, it's um, hell on earth. Uh, but there is like a hidden beauty. Once you get past the traffic, which is seriously like Mad Max Fury Road, um, <laughs> you find everything that you basically dreamed of. But there's a lot of like obstacles in between. I would say if you actually go to the Burbank area or the Hollywood area, um, you basically get a uh, reception of what L.A. is all about. But um, I-, I would say that um, you probably would be best if you ever travel here to get- catch an Uber. 
okay? Yep. And I got you because I, I will hook you up with some uh, really, really, really good movie experience in AMC Prime if you ever come this way. And also, if you come down to San Diego, we got Comic Con. It's a little less condensed out here in the San Diego area. Yeah. And we got Ocean. So pick your pick. <laughs> that sounds like an invite, and I'm definitely will be there one day. Hopefully. <laughs> It's all on recording. You got me now. <laughs> yep, exactly. Um, today we're going to talk about Doctor Strange, which came out recently. And, um, you know, we have a, a phenomenal cast. You have Benedict Cumberbatch, Chiwetel Ejiofor, which I probably butchered that name, Rachel McAdams, Benedict Duan, Benjamin Bratt. And also a lot of people don't give recognition. Scott Atkins is in that movie, and Scott Atkins is pretty big in the underground scene. But um, going to the yep. Marvel Cinematic Universe, this is um, the beginning of a new phase. Um What's your initial thoughts of the whole Doctor Strange? Like, what are your initial thoughts of going into the movie? Um, what did you expect from it, and um, what did you think about the finished product? Well, first off, Ephraim, I used the powers of Modar to basically time travel to see a screening of this about almost a month ago. So <laughs> I've basically been sitting on this information for a while, and I had to see it again, and I took my friend Bill. Hey, Bill. And it was amazing. I actually liked the movie because even though the storyline was rudimentary, it's kind of like Iron Man 2.0. Yeah. <laughs> they achieved something different. It, it felt like a gateway into a new tone because you know how Thor basically opened the door for, you know, what we perceive as magic? Yeah. Or not magic, but like pseudoscience mm -hmm. and gods and all that stuff. Yeah. I would say Doctor Strange basically just opened the floodgates for parallel dimensions and reality bending and time and uh, the visuals basically just bring you back in it's, it's an amazing movie actually if you think about it i've seen it twice already what about you man i <laughs> to take in <laughs> um well i i seen it once i still fresh in my mind but um i didn't really go with that much expectations with watching the film but Seeing it as a whole, it, it was sort of reminiscent of Tony Stark, ex except he was more of a of a douche, you know. Tony Stark had more, like, pizzazz and personality. He was more like, he was an a-hole, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, just seeing how narcissistic he was, and, you know, if you go back to the Civil War where um, Agent Sitwell mentioned Stephen Strange, and, you know, he, he already had a reputation at that time where, you know, he was this master yeah. surgeon, and, you know, he was, you know, he had money, you know, so you see you seen the crib, he lived at all the watches he had, he, you know, he was, he was doing his thing, and, you know, he got humbled with that crash, and, you know, he was trying to find all these different forms of remedy to help himself, but, um, you know, instead of getting into the story, but getting down to the movie, I thought the visual effects was great. I thought the casting was phenomenal. I know people have their complaints of Tilda Swinton with the, uh, you know, with the whole race thing, yeah. but I thought, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I honestly thought she worked out, you know, like, I didn't, at first, you know, I see her, oh, well, like, well, you know, what is she going to play? Like, you know, she's a white lady. She's not, this, but you know what I'm saying? When I saw her as the character, I didn't even see her as a white lady. I just saw her as that character, you know? I didn't exactly. see. I didn't see any race Marvel's on that. Really good about you know spreading that ensemble out because even though like the ancient one was in you know cast uh, like the orientation in the comic books, um, it still felt like there was some diversity in there, especially when you get to uh, you know I believe B.D. Wong's character. Yeah. Um, he basically had some like really you know, good roles that was like juicy as far as you know the humor goes. Spoilers, Beyonce. Yeah. <laughs> Chuckled at that at both times. Yep. 
<laughs> I'll say it was it was you know I think they tried a lot with the humor. I think the humor was was okay. You know what I'm saying? It wasn't like throwing yeah. it in your face, but I thought Wong was great. Um, I thought you know um, Mordo was the way um, Chuat. How, how do you pronounce his name? I can't pronounce it right. Chuatel Echefor. Chuatel I thought the way he played it was great. I thought you know he put a. He put layers of com- complexity and, you know, he made the, ca- he didn't make the character one dimensional. Like, you know, I was as curious I was about Stephen Strange. I was also curious about Mordo. So it was, Absolutely. it was, you know, it was, it was a good blend. It was like a, it's, you kind of, it's kind of funny though, because it's like so far all the Marvel movies is a white and a black sidekick. You know, you got, you know, Rhodey and, and Tony Stark, you got Captain America and Falcon. Now you got, then, then at that time you have Strange and Mordo and, you know, they, they both were gelled together really good. And um, the whole, you know, Dormammu and the Eye of Amagato, like, it, it, it was great, man. And especially the Cloak of Levitation, that that was a character on its own. It was like Aladdin and the, the, the freaking rug, you know? <laughs> yeah. I got to ask you, though, something. You got to be really honest with me, okay? I want you to dig deep down in your heart and find the truth if you need to. Take all the time you need. But Ant-Man's Anthony... Or the cloak. Which one? Ooh, I would have to say the cloak. Yeah, I gotta go with the cloak too. Rest in peace, Anthony. Yep. You're cool. The cloak man saved so many lives, though. I mean, yeah. Anthony. <laughs> An- yeah, Anthony was cool, but you're gonna take Anthony to the supermarket. At least you could, you could take the cloak to the supermarket, and you could do your grocery oh, shopping. Man, yeah. You know. Was a super fly too. Just pop your collar and just walk up in there by a can of Arizona, and that's the. Yeah, you you can roll up your eggs inside the cloak and get put on some quarter waters in there, and then you're straight to go. Man, <laughs> you got it. <laughs> oh, um, what are what are the positives you liked about the um, Doctor Strange? Tell the people out there what, do you, what was the positive soundtrack. The soundtrack, the soundtrack was it was refreshing to basically see something uh, well, hear a different type of tone in music because uh, like the, the Avenger tone is great, but I was kind of burning out of it. Um, visually, uh, again, the movie. It's phenomenal as far as watching it. If you've seen it in IMAX or IMAX 3D, uh, please do so because it jumps right at you. It's like literally reading the Steve Ditko comics from back in the day. It's like psychedelic almost. Um, like you mentioned, Chuatel Ejiofor as um, you know the would-be villain was amazing too. Just basically seeing that build up because it's like two stories in one. It reminds me of uh, like the parallels. You, you can actually see like the birth of a hero and a villain. Mm-hmm. You get the birth of the villain at the end and you don't see what, what happens from there. But you kind of get that when he basically takes the power away from Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. And I feel that... I'm, I'm going to be honest with you. Doctor Strange 2 is going to be like the Winter Soldier. You know the pattern of uh, these movies. The yeah. standalone movies, typically the second one's always best. Yeah. Exception to the rule is Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, um... I mean... It's all subjective, though. But, um, yeah, man, I'm really, really excited to see what uh, happens with Mordo next. Um, I'm really excited to see uh, what other aspects they're going to do with time because, you know, I hope they don't overuse the time travel aspect. I was fascinated by that because, you know, again, my favorite movie being Back to the Future. Um, I love the special effects behind that. But I just, it just felt like a breath of fresh air was basically, you know, breathing to Marvel and moving forward. You know, I feel we're going to get team-up movies now. It's going to start 
being like heroes basically teaming up. It's not going to be like the standard, this is a sequel, this is a sequel to that. It's just going to be a free fall until Infinity War and beyond. Mm -hmm. and don't even mention Spider-Man because I can't wait to actually see him and Tony Stark and <laughs> you know, Doctor Strange meet up the awesome beard team minus Peter Parker because he hasn't got his yet. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was your um, thoughts on the two um, post-credit scenes? Yeah. I laughed so hard both, both times. That was nice. Um, so, uh, you know, uh, I'm, I'm really looking forward to that. I'm still kind of curious, how did Hulk actually get to Asgard? But I guess we'll find that out in Planet Hulk. I mean, Thor Ragnarok. Yeah. Yeah, and I, I'm, I'm kind of curious also if... Uh, I, I'm assuming then Doctor Strange is in Thor Ragnarok, probably in a bit role. You know, that's what I'm assuming, but I don't... I could be wrong, but... Nothing's confirmed I yet. It's Marvel. I mean, if not in the movie, maybe the after credits, but maybe they actually explain him a little bit. Because, you know, uh, he just wants basically at this point Thor to leave Earth because of his brother, so they're probably going to have to explain that a little further moving forward. Yeah. I'm curious to see what, what they do with that. Yeah, it could be like the way Civil War was in Ant-Man, how that was like a part of a scene in Ant-Man, so... You know, if Benedict Cumberbatch is in it, I'm sure they'll announce it soon. They'll announce it when it gets actually close to that date. But I, know, I have a feeling Benedict Cumberbatch will be in that movie and also be in, um, of course, I think he's confirmed for Avengers Infinity War. But I just have a strange oh, feeling yeah. he'll be in it, but probably a, as a small role. Strange feeling. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You caught that. You caught that. <laughs> Yeah, but um, I don't have the credit scene though. I'm trying to remember because there's so many. It didn't have uh, no. Well, well, I, I would yeah. say I would say it's uh, it's it's the after credit scene. The the, the strange and Thor was the mid credit scene, and the, uh, the post credit yeah. scene was uh, Mordo, where he pays um this guy um Panborn a visit. Oh yeah, but uh, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah, that, that scene felt like it would have basically been like better place if they put it in the movie because I, I keep remembering that scene. But yeah, that was actually after the credits. And, yeah. That, that was like a funny parallel to uh, the Green Lantern movie because Green Lantern tried to do that too. It just failed on so many levels. Yeah. <laughs> because they didn't have like enough storyline for Sinestro. And that's, yeah, yeah, actually, yeah, you're right on on that. But yeah, that that was a really good scene because it, it makes me more excited to see Chua Toeja for uh, moving into Doctor Strange 2 whenever we get that. So, yeah. Yeah, no, I can't. I can't wait for that. Um, I thought the whole the visuals, people were comparing it to Inception, but you know, I guess I, I could see where they say that with the buildings are falling, but it looked. I'm saying, you know, I didn't see it in 3D. I would love to see it again in 3D, but the the the, the visuals of it, the 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 buildings and 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 the falling throughs, and even like he was talking about the time travel in Dormammu, that just the whole thing was like something I've never seen before, you know? It was it was really, really trippy, like a bad acid trip, man. Um, what was your take on that? I, I would say that, like, Inception basically probably got it from the concept art of Steve uh, Ditko, because, like, if you look at some of the old-school Golden Age comics, you basically got Inception right there. It, it just basically, Inception came to fruition before Doctor Strange, sadly. But, yeah, man, um... Uh, man, this, this, it's definitely a movie that basically achieved the goal and basically, you know, again, moving the Marvel train forward. Um, nonetheless, they did it with such a talented cast, too. Uh, 
because I was kind of upset when uh, when Joaquin Phoenix basically uh, you know dropped out of the uh, candidacy for the role. But the Benedict Cumberbatch, he, he he was great. Yeah. And uh, I guess the best part is basically uh, seeing where they go next because um, they they didn't really give much of uh, you know to Rachel McAdams. I mean, most of her scenes were centered inside of the uh, hospital. Yeah, they they definitely yeah. Yeah, I was gonna say they definitely Natalie Portman her in that role because she was very, you know, I think she she served her purpose, but it wasn't, you know, they could have gotten any actress for that role, you know, I pretty much thought like yeah. it wasn't it wasn't really no need for a big they could they could have got um Jane Doe off the street, you know, they, they, like her role wasn't really that memorable, you know, she was just basically just like the eye candy and for Stephen Strange to you know. To you know, take out the arrogance and turn back to normal, like normal nice guy, basically. Yeah, right on. You know? What do you thought about um, yeah, Matt? I mean, she helped. <laughs> huh? I mean, at least she got like a little play part that actually helped, though. Yeah, yeah. Like the scene where uh, you know Doctor Strange was basically fighting in uh, astral form was pretty trippy and nice. Yeah. What was your take on Mads Mikkelsen? Um, I call him Mad Nicholson. He looks <laughs> mad, but he wasn't really angry though. Which was always kind of unsettling. I, I liked them. It's just like, again, like the, the the setback of Marvel movies is that the villain is you know not usually doesn't get enough to basically evolve on because they they basically got to build the the hero. And I understand that that's basically you know the formula. But it just would have been nice to basically have seen more of them. Mm-hmm. It's cool though. It, it, it's just like a, basically the standard formula of a Marvel movie though for me personally. Yeah. Um. What do you think about the eye of um Amagato being in Infinity Stone? Did you see that coming? Yeah. Yeah. Um. I heard like talks, uh, rumors. Um. I, I watched this uh, YouTube channel called uh, Extreme, um, Extremely mm-hmm. Awesome. Yeah. Harley. Like he had something a few months ago, like with Barry, and I was like, yeah, that's, they're probably going to do the next. They got to tie everything together, and that would be perfect for Doctor Strange to basically get involved with the Infinity Wars. But uh, a lot of people were surprised in the theater. And, Um, what are what are your predictions for uh, basically Thanos coming in? I know it's like it's crazy early to to you know to guess and what's gonna happen, but what do you what do you think so far? If you have any guess of how everyone's gonna come together and how he's gonna get the stones? Well, um, Armageddon's coming. You know, people's probably gonna die. I mean, if you thought Walking Dead was bad with Negan, you know, you ain't seen nothing yet. If you read uh, you know Infinity War and if Marvel basically. is like you know what i think is like they they can kill people off but especially now with this time gem thing like i just think they can kill everybody off and it will just go back in time and everybody will be alive you know like i just have this funny feeling the way they set it up in doctor strange with him doing that whole time loop thing i could picture 
um, Thor getting killed off, Captain America getting killed off, and that vision um, Tony Stark had at Age of Ultron where he saw everybody lay down and Captain Shield's broken. I just have a feeling Thanos is going to wipe everybody out, and for some reason, I don't know, probably Doctor Strange is the savior, somebody else is the savior, and they just go back in time or something like that and bring everybody back to life. I have a feeling people dying, but it, it, it's a Marvel movie, unless... And, you know, I, I don't, like, listen to people say, oh, this contract is up, so we might as well kill them off. I don't think they're going to kill them off because they're not going to reboot it because it's just a ongoing, continuous things. You know, they just probably will change the actors or not even use that character no more. They got so many characters to use. Uh, I just don't see anybody dying, per se, you know? I mean, if they do kill them and, and use the time travel aspect, uh, the best thing they can do is basically set rules for the time travel to raise the stakes. Like, kind of like what the Flash did with Flashpoint. Yeah. You change the timeline and something worse happens. Yeah. Or, um, yeah. Or, or make it different. Have a different actor, like when Robert Downey Jr. doesn't call it no more. Just have him go younger and then you have Iron Man as a young young guy or something. I don't know. Like, something different, you know? Yeah. Um, and then, you know, build off of that. Like, do the new Avengers. Um, yeah. It's, it's going to be crazy. Um, if, if Marvel does anything, my money is that to basically raise the stakes, Thanos is going to kill the Guardians of the Galaxy. They're going to essentially be trying to go to Earth to send a message. They're not going to make it, and they're all going to die. And that's what's going to basically, I guess, hurt everybody. Wow. Take that's a grain of salt, but you go with the Guardians of the Galaxy, you take them out, then everybody knows that Thanos is basically uh, nagging, especially if you take out, like, Groot. You can't, you can't just do that in a movie and get away with it. It's like taking out a dog and John Wick. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Spoiler alert. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, but, um, but, yeah, uh, but you think about Groot already died, and he's, you know, he's growing again. So it's like almost like he's immortal. He can't die, you know? So it's just... Oh, yeah. Like uh, like the way Groot works is like it's 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 not the same Groot that we know from the first movie. It's it's his son. Yeah. Like when Groot died, he basically spored another seed, and uh, uh, it became the Groot that we know. And then if he dies again and there's another spore, then yeah, that one will have a baby. But same person, same actor. I am Groot. <laughs> yep. Man, I wish I get paid just to say I am Groot. Uh-huh. Man, I would get paid to basically just be with uh, Vanessa Rodriguez and Furious Seven. Eight movie. Oh, you mean uh, Michelle Rodriguez, right? Michelle Rodriguez. That's <laughs> no, all right. It's all right. Oh man. Um. So Isaac. Um. Where can can the people find you, man? Plug your social media. Plug all your stuff you got going on. Oh, you can find me uh, by going to YouTube. Uh, just type in Isaac Phillips or Dudes Movie Review. You can also find me on Facebook at The Dudes Movie Review and uh, Twitter at McIsaac360. Wow, sweet Isaac, man. Thank you so much for the insight on Doctor Strange, man. Much appreciated. Oh, no problem. It was fun, man. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it. It was cool, too. Nah, no problem, man. I hope everybody out there was intellectually stimulated by way of mobile devices. Have a good one, folks.